I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Second Chronicles chapters 19 through 23. Now, some of these uh, chapters are paralleled by Second Kings chapter 8, which we've already read in a previous reading, and also Second Kings chapter 9. So some of this will be reviewed if you've been following along, and I'll let you know when we get to those areas. In Second Chronicles chapter 19, Jehoshaphat gets a rebuke from his own prophet, verse 1. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land, and hast prepared thine heart to seek God. And Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem. And he went out again through the people from Beersheba to Mount Ephraim, and brought them back unto the Lord God of their fathers. And he set judges in the land throughout all the fenced cities of Judah, city by city, and said to the judges, Take heed what ye do, for ye judge not for man, but for the Lord who is with you in the judgment." Wherefore now let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Take heed and do it, for there is no iniquity with the Lord our God, nor respect of persons, nor taking of gifts. Moreover in Jerusalem did Jehoshaphat said of the Levites, and of the priests, and of the chief of the fathers of Israel, for the judgment of the Lord, and for controversies when they returned to Jerusalem. And he charged them, saying, Thus shall ye do in the fear of the Lord, faithfully, and with a perfect heart. And what cause soever shall come to you of your brethren that dwell in their cities, between blood and blood, between law and commandment, statutes and judgments, ye shall even warn them that they trespass not against the Lord. And so wrath come upon you and upon your brethren. This do, and ye shall not trespass. And behold, Amariah, the chief priest, is over you in all matters of the Lord, and Zebediah, the son of Ishmael, the ruler of the house of Judah, for all the king's matters. Also the Levites shall be officers before you. Deal courageously, and the Lord shall be with the good. In Second Chronicles chapter 18, verses 28 to 34, we saw that Judah's king Jehoshaphat had a close brush with death in his attempt to help his buddy, the wicked king Ahab of Israel, when he was fighting against the Syrians. When Jehoshaphat gets back from battle, his own prophet Jehu he goes out to meet him with some bad news. He says, you shouldn't have helped those wicked people. He lets Jehoshaphat know that God's not pleased and that he should expect some wrath from God because of his unsuccessful battle fling with Ahab. However, God is pleased with Jehoshaphat in this respect. He had, according to the King James, taken away the groves. In other words, removed the wooden images to the goddess of Asherah. He'd taken those out of the land. God also commends Jehoshaphat for having prepared thine heart to seek God. Jehoshaphat goes on a tear instituting some godly reforms in Judah, which God is very pleased with. 
These reforms included establishing godly judges, empowering the Levites, and setting up the high priest Amariah over them. He also appoints a man named Zebediah to oversee judgment regarding the king's matters. You'll notice in verse 4 that Jehoshaphat's influence apparently reached up into the northern kingdom, where the reference to Mount Ephraim is there, with regard to the worship of the one true God. So what do you do when conventional warfare just won't work? Well, let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 23. Verse 1. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea, on this side Syria, and behold, they be in Hazazon Tamer, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend for ever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon, and Moab, and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them, and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us, to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit." O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korhites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose up early in the morning, and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, 
Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. Well, a combined force here of three armies, they're, they're on their way to Jerusalem. That's the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Edomites. So what will Jehoshaphat do here? Well, he gathers all of Judah together, and they have a prayer meeting accompanied by fasting. He leads in prayer in verses 6 through 12. Verse 13 indicates the magnitude of this prayer gathering. It says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. I'm amused by one of the points in Jehoshaphat's prayer here, found in verse 10. There's where he implies in his prayer, If you had let our forefathers destroy these people, we wouldn't be having this problem right now. That's a recall of God's instructions to Moses back in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 5, where Moses was told to not war against any of these three nations. Just at the conclusion of his big public prayer, Jehaziel, one of the Levites, gets a prophetic word from God and starts speaking in verses 14 through 17. God tells them that the battle is not theirs, but the battle is God's. And all they have to do is just show up and God will do the rest. The next day, Jehoshaphat rolls out his new battle plan before the people in verses 20 and 21. We're just going to organize a big praise God session and then let God defeat the enemy. Oh, one more thing, singers. Jehoshaphat puts the singers in the front of his army. Hey, singing in that choir wasn't for the faint of heart. Of course, it all worked out. The invading armies get confused in their ambush attempts. I mean, wouldn't you if you came up against an army led by the choir? And they turn on each other, wiping themselves out without Judah's army lifting a hand, except for the choir, of course. So the Ammonites and Moabites mistakenly end up attacking the Edomites, those are the inhabitants of Mount Seir, until everyone's destroyed. Then we see the aftermath in verses 24 through 30. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka, for that they blessed the Lord. Therefore the name of the same place was called the valley of Baraka unto this day. Then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them, to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets and to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. 
So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. Well, Jehoshaphat stuck with God, and God rewarded him for it. At the conclusion of the battle, the entire enemy army, all the soldiers, were dead. No one escaped. When they started taking the spoil from the battle they'd won without fighting, they couldn't even carry it all. So then we have a summary in verses 31 to 37 of Jehoshaphat's reign. Verse 31, And Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was thirty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and five years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shilhai. And he walked in the way of Asa his father, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanani, who is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. And after this did Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, king of Israel, who did very wickedly. And he joined himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezion-Geber. Then Eliezer, the son of Dodavah, of Marashah prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because thou hast joined thyself with Ahaziah, the Lord hath broken thy works, and the ships were broken, that they were not able to go to Tarshish. Well, Jehoshaphat served God all his days. However, he didn't continually purge Judah from those pagan altars called high places. The people built those high places back. It was an uphill battle, for sure. Jehoshaphat dies, but not before he and the king of Israel, Ahaziah, go into a shipbuilding venture together. God's unhappy about this business with a wicked king. The ships wreck. Jehoshaphat consulted God in battle, but not in his business venture into shipbuilding. Then we have uh, Jehoram. Talk about a lousy brother. Second Chronicles chapter 21. Now, by the way... This passage is paralleled in 2 Kings chapter 8, verses 16 through 24. But right now we're looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. Now Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram his son reigned in his stead. And he had brethren, the sons of Jehoshaphat, Azariah and Jehiel, and Zechariah and Azariah and Michael, and Shephatiah, all these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Israel. And their father gave them great gifts of silver and gold and of precious things with fenced cities in Judah. But the kingdom gave he to Jehoram, because he was the firstborn. Now when Jehoram was risen up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with the sword, and divers also of the princes of Israel. Jehoram was thirty and two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel, like as did the house of Ahab. For he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord. Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he made with David, and as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. In his days the Edomites revolted from under the dominion of Judah and made themselves a king. Then Jehoram went forth with his princes and all his chariots with him, and he rose up by night and smote the Edomites which compassed him in, 
and the captains of the chariots. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. The same time also did Libna revolt from under his hand, because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. Moreover, he made high places in the mountains of Judah, and caused the inhabitants of Jerusalem to commit fornication, and compelled Judah thereto. And there came a writing to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, Because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but has walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and has made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a-whoring, like to the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and also has slain thy brethren of thy father's house, which were better than thyself. Behold, with great plague will the Lord smite thy people, and thy children, and thy wives, and all thy goods. And thou shalt have great sickness by disease of thy bowels, until thy bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. Moreover, the Lord stirred up against Jehoram, the spirit of the Philistines, and of the Arabians, that were near the Ethiopians. And they came up into Judah, and brake into it, and carried away all the substance that was found in the king's house, and his sons and his wives, so that there was never a son left him, save Jehoahaz, the youngest of his sons. And after all this, the Lord smote him in the bowels with an incurable disease, and it came to pass that in the process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness, so he died of sore diseases. And his people made no burning for him, like the burning of his fathers. Thirty and two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years and departed without being desired. Howbeit they buried him in the city of David, but not in the sepulchres of the kings. Jehoshaphat, like a good father, provides for his sons after his death. He gives them their own cities and makes them princes over those cities. Jehoram, his firstborn son, becomes the king. So Jehoram, now that you're king, what are you going to do? Well, his reply is, I'm going to kill my brothers, all of them. What do you expect? Not only does he execute his brothers, but also some other princes being government officials. I guess it's not necessary to point out that Jehoram was a wicked king of Judah. Jehoram was married to Ahab's daughter, Athaliah, daughter of Ahab and, and Jezebel. Wow. And the granddaughter of Omri, the sixth king of Israel. She shared the trait of wickedness and ruthlessness with her ancestors. Jehoram reigned over Judah for eight years, from age 32, and was all wicked all the time. Elijah wrote him a letter and told him that God had passed judgment against him because of all his wicked deeds in Judah. He'd die a messy death with a disease of the bowels. If that's not bad enough, Jehoram gets invaded by the Philistines and the Arabians. They carry off nearly all of his family and all his riches before he dies in agony as a result of his bowel disease. Nobody's sad to see him go after his eight years of wicked reign. They didn't even bury him with the other kings. One bright spot is found in this chapter, though. Notice verse 7. It says, Howbeit the Lord would not destroy the house of David because of the covenant that he had made with David, and as he promised to give a light to him and to his sons forever. So despite his wickedness, Jehoram caught a break because of the covenant that God had made with David back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. 
We know those verses as the Davidic Covenant. If you'd like to know more about the Davidic Covenant, then look at the article under the topic section of BibleTrack.org on the main page. Or if you're looking at the written notes for today, just click on the link right there. As a result, Jehoahaz, his youngest son, was somehow spared in the invasion. This Jehoahaz is the same as Ahaziah, who is the next king of Judah. Oh, one more thing. We see in verses 8 through 10 that the Edomites flexed their muscles during Jehoram's reign, and they appointed their own king. They continued for centuries being a problem for Judah and Jerusalem. If you'd like more information on the Edomites, then... um, Take a look at uh, the written notes on uh, Obadiah, the book of Obadiah, which are the notes for um, August the 31st. And uh, there I actually have a history of uh, Israel's confrontations with Edom uh, all the way from the beginning to the end. In the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, I have a summary of King number 5 over Judah. That was Jehoram. He reigned from 848 to 841 B.C. Then we have Ahaziah, also known as Jehoahaz. Uh, wickedness begets wickedness, we see here. Second Chronicles chapter 22, verses 1 through 9. Now, I should point out that the reign of Ahaziah is also found in Second Kings chapter 8, verses 25 through 29 and chapter 9, verses 14 to 16, and then 27 to 29. And so those in the written notes for BibleTrack.org for today are provided next to the Second Chronicles passage, and you can look at them there, but we won't be reading those today. Second Chronicles chapter 22, verse 1. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, his youngest son, king in his stead, For the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all the eldest. So Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, reigned. Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Athaliah, the daughter of Amri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab. For they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. He walked also after their counsel with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to war against Hazael, king of Syria, and Ramoth-Gilead, and the Syrians smote Joram. And he returned to be healed in Jezreel because of the wounds which were given him in Ramah when he fought with Hazael, king of Syria. And Azariah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah went down to see Jehoram, the son of Ahab, at Jezreel because he was sick. And the destruction of Ahaziah was of God by coming to Joram. For when he was come, he went out with Jehoram against Jehu, the son of Nimshi, whom the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Ahab. And it came to pass that when Jehu was executing judgment upon the house of Ahab and found the princes of Judah and the sons of the brethren of Ahaziah, that ministered to Ahaziah, he slew them. And he sought Ahaziah, and they caught him, for he was hid in Samaria, and brought him to Jehu. And when they had slain him, they buried him, because they said that he is the son of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. So the house of Ahaziah had no power to keep still the kingdom. 
Now, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 26 reports that Ahaziah was actually 22 years old when he began to reign. Given the fact that his father Jehoram was only 40 years old when he died, it's certain that Ahaziah was 22 years old when he began his reign as reported in 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 26. His mama was Athaliah and served as his counselor. She was wicked. Just like his father Jehoram, Ahaziah never did the right thing before God. He was wicked too. He becomes an ally with King Jehoram, the son of Ahab, and the king of Israel. Maybe he was just impressed that Jehoram had the same name as his own wicked father. They went to battle against Syria and lost. Israel's king Jehoram was seriously wounded. When Ahaziah went to check on him, he was captured and executed by Jehu of Israel, who was actually gunning for Israel's king, King Jehoram. Jehu just took care of two kings in one visit and thus became the king over Israel. If you'd like more information on this execution, uh, consult Second Kings chapter 9, verses 14 to 29. So, Ahaziah is dead after reigning for just one year. And then on the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, I have a summary of King number 6 over Judah, Ahaziah. And finally, we see in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 22, verses 10 through 12, that Judah has a queen, Athaliah. Well, let's read about that. Verse 10 of Second Chronicles 20. Oh, I should point out that Second uh, Kings chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 also parallels this passage. Second Chronicles 22.10 But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain, and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabeth, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah, so that she slew him not. And he was with them, hid in the house of God six years, and Athaliah reigned over the land. This is where the whole uh, descendancy from David thing gets kind of messy. Remember Ahaziah's wicked mama, Athaliah? By the way, Ahaziah is now dead. She must have taken wickedness lessons from her mama, who was, by the way, Jezebel. After her son Ahaziah is executed by Jehu, she decides it's time Judah has a queen instead of a king. She locates and kills the royal family. Well, at least she thinks she's executed all the possible heirs to the throne of Judah. Remember, in Judah, they were adamant about their king being a direct descendant of David. Athaliah misses one, though. Little baby Joash, who was hidden away by Ahaziah's half-sister, Joshabeth, the daughter of King Jehoram and wife of Jehoiada the priest. Baby Joash was in hiding for six years while the wicked Athaliah reigned as queen over Judah. Ironic, isn't it? Athaliah's daddy was the wicked king of Israel, Ahab, now deceased. And here she is picking up the reign over Judah. Now we have a summary of uh, king, or well, actually queen number seven from 841 to 835 B.C. over Judah, Athaliah. She was all bad, so let's not make any bones about it. No good and bad here. She's just all bad. So a seven-year-old boy 
has a really big day in Second Chronicles chapter 23, verses 1 through 11. This is paralleled, by the way, in Second Kings chapter 11, verses 4 through 12. If you look into the written notes, you'll see it, but we will not be reading Second Kings 11 today. Verse 1 of Second Chronicles 23. And in the seventh year, Jehoiada strengthened himself and took the captains of hundreds, Azariah the son of Jehoram, and Ishmael the son of Jehohanan, and Azariah the son of Obed, and Maaseah the son of Adaiah, and Elashaphat the son of Zichri, into covenant with him. And they went about in Judah, and gathered the Levites out of all the cities of Judah, and the chief of the fathers of Israel. And they came to Jerusalem, and all the congregation made a covenant with the king in the house of God. And he said unto them, Behold, the king's son shall reign as the Lord hath said of the sons of David. And this is the thing that ye shall do. A third part of you entering on the Sabbath of the priest and of the Levites shall be porters of the doors. And a third part shall be at the king's house, and a third part at the gate of the foundation. And all the people shall be in the courts of the house of the Lord. But let none come into the house of the Lord, save the priest, and they that minister of the Levites. They shall go in, for they are holy. But all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. And the Levites shall compass the king round about, every man with his weapons in his hand. And whosoever else cometh into the house, he shall be put to death. But be ye with the king when he cometh in, and when he goeth out. So the Levites and all Judah did according to all things that Jehoiada the priest had commanded, and took every man his men that were to come in on the Sabbath with them that were to go out on the Sabbath. For Jehoiada the priest dismissed not the courses. Moreover, Jehoiada the priest delivered to the captains of hundreds spears and bucklers and shields that had been King David's, which were in the house of God. And he said, All the people, every man having his weapon in his hand, from the right side of the temple to the left side of the temple, along by the altar and the temple, by the king round about. Then they brought out the king's son and put upon him the crown and gave him the testimony and made him king. And Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, God save the king. Well, now let's agree on something here. Athaliah was a bad woman. After all, she was Ahab's daughter. Her son Ahaziah had been king of Judah, but he died. She then sought out all the royal family that was the male descendants of David, and she had them all killed so that she could become queen of Judah. One problem, though, she missed one, little baby Joash. Jehoiada the high priest had hidden the one-year-old son of Ahaziah named Joash, sometimes called Jehoash. Hit him in the temple for six years. Athaliah thought she was home free until one day Jehoiada makes his move. He coordinates with the shift change of the priest coming on duty and going off duty at the temple along with the military leaders, and they declare Joash king of Judah at the ripe old age of seven years old. Well, the plan works. The good guys surround the seven-year-old, and they proclaim him king of Judah. Remember, the people in Judah were quite adamant about the throne being held by a descendant of David. Therefore, seven-year-old Joash is an easy sell, especially with the high priest behind him. But it was a tough day that day for Athaliah. We see this in Second Chronicles chapter 23, verses 12 through 15, which is also paralleled in Second Kings chapter 11, verses 13 through 20, 
which uh, we won't be reading that portion today. Second Chronicles 23, verse 12. Now when Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and praising the king, she came to the people into the house of the Lord. And she looked, and behold, the king stood at his pillar at the entering in, and the princes and the trumpets by the king. And all the people of the land rejoiced and sounded with trumpets, also the singers with instruments of music, and such as taught to sing praise. Then Athaliah rent her clothes and said, Treason, treason. Then Jehoiada the priest brought out the captains of the hundreds that were set over the host and said unto them, Have her forth of the ranges, and whoso followeth her, let him be slain with the sword. For the priest said, Slay her not in the house of the Lord. So they laid hands on her, and when she was come to the entering of the horse gate by the king's house, they slew her there. Well, naturally, Athaliah, who had illegally hijacked the throne of Judah six years earlier, well, she wasn't very happy here, especially when she realized what these double-crossing priests had done. She cries out, Treason! Treason! Well, true, but she was the one who'd committed the treason. The priest had her removed from the temple and subsequently executed. Some days just don't end up as good as they start. Know what I mean? Then we find in verses 16 to 21 that Jehoiada, he cleans house. Verse 16. And Jehoiada made a covenant between him and between all the people and between the king that they should be the Lord's people. Then all the people went to the house of Baal and break it down and break his altars and his images in pieces and slew Matan, the priest of Baal, before the altars. Also Jehoiada appointed the officers of the house of the Lord by the hand of the priests, the Levites, whom David had distributed in the house of the Lord to offer the burnt offerings of the Lord, as it is written in the law of Moses, with rejoicing and with singing, as it was ordained by David. And he set the porters at the gates of the house of the Lord, that none which was unclean in anything should enter in. And he took the captains of hundreds and the nobles and the governors of the people and all the people of the land and brought down the king from the house of the Lord. And they came to the high gate into the king's house and set the king upon the throne of the kingdom. And all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet after that they had slain Athaliah with the sword. Well, a lot of evil had taken place over the last six years under Athaliah. Jehoiada, the high priest, who was the power behind the seven-year-old king Joash, he sets everything straight after her execution. They bring back the worship of the one true God, and it's over for Baal and the other false gods. Athaliah wasn't the only one to have a bad day, though. How about those pagan priests over at Baal or us, the temple? Old Matan got executed on his own pagan altars. The people of Judah... Well, they're elated. Finally, they're a one God nation again. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.